Going Home, Episode 10. Today looks like yesterday. Chapter 46. We're on a wide shot of the laneway. Danny, Sully, JJ, and Nancy are looking every which way but at each other. Danny and Sully are moving around trying to walk off their pain. Time shift forward. Five minutes later, we come back up on Nancy. Well, at some point during what just happened, I got told about Cora and the stolen pickup, and I had to interfere. After all, Corey was one of my best friends, and dementia or no dementia, we have to get her back into the ground for her and Sully's sake. And don't think I take dementia lightly. I do not. Like JJ told you, I have it running through my whole family and it terrifies me. But I have to stay in the moment and deal with what is right in front of me now. And what is right in front of me now is Coraloo in a casket and things can't continue like this. Danny has won his showdown with his father and let's hope he knows what to do and not fall for any of Sully's tricks. Chapter 47 Sully is staring off into the distance and speaking to himself. He is still moving about on sea legs and is still in a great deal of pain. Oh, they're all turning against me. I can see it in them. None of them will give me an eye to eye. Okay, okay, on with the show, this is it. I was wrong to do what I did, but, but not all wrong, mostly wrong. Very close to all wrong, but still some room for air. And very shortly, more like right now, to get my way, I'm going to have to be pulling an extra big beautiful rabbit out of a hat. Here goes. <coughs> oh, okay, all of you deserve to know what I'm up to, and this is it. I promised Corey on her deathbed I would take her down to the lake one last time. That's what she wanted, and I failed her. Please, let me make it right. Please, let me take her to the lake. I tried to make it right by myself. I kept driving around most of the night looking for a way to the lake, but, but I forgot how to get there. I got lost. I couldn't find my way. Tons of different ways to get to that lake and I couldn't find one. So I ended up here hoping my friends would show me the way. But now all this happened. I need to take my Cory to the lake. I almost got nothing left. Everything is getting away on me. All of the right here and now and all the back when is fading in and out on me too. Today looks like yesterday and yesterday looks like tomorrow. And tomorrow looks like last week. What I'm trying to say is everything is going, going, almost gone. This brain thing I got going on robs you of everything. It steals, lies, and 
cheats you out of everything that is good until all you got left is regrets. That is the one last thing I do have left. My regrets. The last horse to leave the burning barn. But how soon before regrets are gone? And I don't want to die with that regret. Let me take Corey to the lake. Chapter 48. JJ looks at us and then away, and then back again. Well, if it was Sully's intention to break us all down, it worked. We all just started to look up and over and all around and then got to biting our tongues and wiping our eyes. That's what happens out this way. We don't hug it out. We walk it out. We don't even look at each other. We just start walking till we walk it off. How far you walk is up to you. If you don't like to show you're upset, then you go for a good long walk, like the three of them. They all got over past the barns and way into fields, and they stayed out there mulling for a long, long time. Seemed like forever. Me, I didn't get far. I never do. I don't bother with hiding things, just because everybody knows I can't. None of my family can. I come from a whole line of long-time crybabies, born and raised around a bunch of ballers. Listen to this. When that Disney dog, old Yeller, got rabies and had to get shot, it goddamn near gutted my family. My father, Angus, and mother, Jessie, just gathered us all up in a pile, and we just cried and cried and cried some more, all through Sunday night and right into Monday morning. We didn't even have to go to school the next day. We all just stayed home and cried. Chapter 49 We pop over to the Sullivan farmhouse, another wide see-everything shot. We hear someone moving around in the house. It's Steve. He exits the house. He is carrying his overnight bag. He moves to his car without looking back at the farmhouse. When he gets to the car, he opens the back door, throws his overnight bag in the back seat. He then opens the driver door. It is only now that he looks back up and back at the farmhouse. He then talks to us over the top of the car. I tried. It didn't work. I really did try to fit back into this family. Even went so far as going into the attic and sitting with all this family's history. 150 years of us packed up there. Old photos of long dead relatives. Broken knickknacks waiting to get fixed. Native Indian arrowheads that some aunt or uncle found when they were young. Bibles with family names of who begot who and on and on down the line. Things we don't save anymore. Things I never did. I just don't fit in up there or down here either. Never did, never will. I fit in elsewhere, outside this family. I fit in the city. I find all this high drama so unnecessary and for a matter of fact so did our mother if the circus got too much for her she'd leave and you see that huge oak tree over there 
she'd climb right up to the very top of it. I mean the very top and sit. Sit until everything would calm down. Or Sully could talk her down. And sometimes I'd climb up there with her, sit beside her. We'd just sit together, not say anything to each other. Does that make me a mama's boy? Could be. Ask me if I care. I don't. I really don't. Because I'm happy with myself and the way things turned out for me. I day trade stocks and I, I make decisions like that. And then I move on. And I've made out very well making decisions like that. My kids love me and they come to visit every week. I've got a good dog and an ex-wife on speaking terms. I would say I pretty well got it made. I don't need this. Those two can handle Sully any way they see fit. I'm heading back to where I belong. Chapter 50. We cut to the graveyard. We see Maynard get out of his police car and start following truck tire tracks towards Corey's grave. He stops and looks around. Chapter 51. We come up on a country road. Esther is walking quickly towards us. From behind, we see a car approaching her. As it gets closer, we see that it is Vera driving the car. The car pulls up and stops beside Esther. Esther gets in. Thanks, Vera. Chapter 52. 20 minutes later, back at the Blackstock farm. JJ is standing in the laneway as if he is waiting for us. Well, Danny's gone back to the cemetery to rebury Cora, leaving us three to muddle through to God knows where. And the God knows where muddling ended up like this. We got Sully's eyes falling in the truck as Danny left. His chin cocked high and defiant, no doubt sending a message to Danny. I think this is all a put up front, a facade, but when I walk over and put my hand on his shoulder, he knocks it off. Nancy tries to take his hand, and he wants nothing to do with her either. Best leave him alone, he's still got some spunk in him. He then says he wants to walk home, and off he goes. He starts off down the back lane towards the railway tracks. Nancy points after him and crooks her head in his direction, meaning you better go with them, which I already knew to do, but I didn't say nothing about that to her. So off we go, him leading and me following. We head past the barn, through the gate, around the corn cell, and out into the fields. Fields when we used to walk in when we were boys, because I was born and raised in this farm. I inherited this farm from my father when he died, just like he inherited this farm from his father. A farm inheritance is not something you hear much about anymore. I doubt this farm will go to any of our kids. We'll probably sell to some big outfit, take the money and run. Why all this pops into my head right now is beyond me, but I think it's because a lot of things seem to be coming to an end around here. So. As I'm spending time and thinking about all this, I forgot about Sully. And there he goes taking off on me and I have to hurry to catch up to him. 
I stay about 20 feet back, not too close, just close enough though he knows I'm with him. He needs his air. He turns and looks at me once, but doesn't say anything. So we walk and walk until I figure I should try to distract him. Sully. Sully, remember walking here as kids? Sully. He finally says no, which is my clue to shut up again and keep walking. So we do. All quiet-like. The only thing you can hear are boots crunching up grass noises. So we walk and walk until we come to the field gate and he climbs over it. A perfectly good gate. He climbs over it? So I did too. I wanted to let him know I was with him, but still I'm going to myself. How come he just climbed over that gate? And then it came to me. He just did that because that's what we did as kids. He always climbed the gates. He never opened them. Opening gates were for old people. We climbed. He's thinking back. Nothing wrong with that. Like I told you before, I like to think back too. The older I get, the rosier the past looks to me. Like right around here. Near that spot over there is where we ran away to become pirates. This used to be thousands and thousands of miles of ocean. Ocean as far as the eye can see, where we walked the plank and sword fought each other to death. And then this spot we are coming up to here is where we found some Indian arrowheads. So we immediately killed off the pirates and became wild Indians. Nobody wanted to be a cowboy. Cowboys were boring. All they did was shoot people with their fingers. Indians got to scream war hoops and fire bows and arrows. We made the younger kids play the cowboys. By now we reach the end of the field where the railway tracks run by and he climbs another gate and I follow. He looks both ways down the tracks and then he turns east, which is the wrong direction to his farm and I told him so. And then he turns around and walks past me saying, I want to walk by myself. I said, yes, I understand, but I really didn't. And then I watch him walk away with that old man's shuffle of his until he walks into heat that comes off the tracks on a real hot day. If you've never seen that kind of day, it's like walking into a smoky fog where your body goes all crooked and wavy like a funhouse mirror. And if you keep walking on and on like that, you'll eventually get whittled down to a speck. And then that speck hangs and hangs in the air for ever so long until it finally disappears. Just like he disappeared right now. Chapter 53. Nancy is standing in her farmhouse with her back to us. She's looking out her rear window onto the farm fields. I watched the moving off for a long time. You can do that in a farmhouse. In a farmhouse, you can see good and bad coming in from miles off. You have your front window for looking out on the road and your back window for looking out onto your fields. And at times, it seems like your entire world is out of those two windows. Kids, husbands, or friends start getting late. First thing you do is look out these windows. 
they could be miles off, nowhere to be seen, in another country altogether, but you still look out these windows. Even before JJ and Sully got out of sight, I could see and feel the space between them. Sully walking in front, shuffling ahead quick-like, and JJ trying to keep up. JJ was not in a good place. I could tell by the lie of his shoulders. His shoulders were slumped and coming forward. That gait, head down stare and shoulder slump says one thing, defeat. Defeat as in something lost. I think that something lost was his friend. He is now realizing that Sully is gone from him and myself as well, because I've known Sully all my life too. The past is fading for him. He can feel it fade. It was something I've been feeling for months. Something is gone out of his eyes. You look at him and there is a split second moment when he doesn't know who you are. And that split second will grow and grow until he never remembers who you are. And we all fear that. We fear what is happening to him could happen to us. And none of us wants to lose our yesterdays. It is only when you get older that you realize that memories, even bad memories, are the glue and get up you need to start your day with. Ever notice when you travel how precious some things become to you? You're excited to see new people and places, but it all means nothing without a grounding. And our yesterdays are our groundings. Nancy brushes off non-existent lint from her dress, as if she is saying, I just said too much. I just exposed myself. She then turns and looks back out the window.